Oh, there's also, um, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, who's on yeah. a cherry keys on a mechanical keyboard? Oh, I'm sorry. I think I might not be on push to talk. I usually am. I apologize. <laughs> Do you have there, a mechanical keyboard? No, I don't think so. It sounds very clicky clacky. No, that's just how I sound. No, no, I'm talking about the keys. I know, that's just how I, <laughs> no, I sound. No, no, no. I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's not a mechanical keyboard. I sound clicky clacky. <laughs> my my mic is really close to the keyboard where it's sitting. Yeah. I move away from the mic to click clack. <laughs> Chocolate rain. Super Nintendo Sega Genesis. When I was there, broke man, I couldn't picture this. Welcome everybody to the Screen Looker Podcast Show. And with me today, I have Daniel George. How are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Yourself? Oh man, I can't complain. It's a good Saturday, end of the week. Got some projects done at work, and uh, you know, just heading into the next week strong, man. That's how it's all. That's how it's all going <laughs> right here. Uh, end of a week. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, you know, my work week technically ended on Friday, but I got to do stuff tomorrow for work. So it's not much of a, there's no branching stop here. I just got, you know, other things to get done. Um, also with me today, we have Eric Chrisman. How are you, sir? I've been time traveling and sewer surfing. <laughs> but have you been eating pizza? Actually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had pizza this morning. Yeah, um, yeah. I left our pizza this morning. Not good. <laughs> not great pizza. <laughs> Everyone's cleaning out the fridge. Um, also with us, we have the lovely and the exuberant Rebecca Valentine. How are you, ma'am? Slightly less exuberant than usual. I'm still a little bit tired, but <laughs> no, they really hear that in your voice, though. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just happy to be here with you guys. It's great. It's great, and, I'm, <laughs> and we're we're happy to have you here. Um, so. Today, um, I got outlined for us a pretty big conversation just about, like, all things game services. Game streaming, game games as a game and service in a game with a game. Podcast as a service. As a service. <laughs> all of the services you could possibly the think Netflix of. Yeah, <laughs> of, of the gaming industry. It, it 100% depends on your take. Is it the Netflixification, the Voodoo-fication, the <laughs> Spotification? It just depends on whichever way your service of choice wants to go down. Um, but before we get all into that, I wanted to start our show, as always, with our first segment, sponsored by Fallout 76. So, that <laughs> just happened. Uh, <laughs> that actually just happened. So, emotion. Not officially Fallout- sponsored by Fallout 76. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? 
right? <laughs> it, would, it would be a fun sense of irony that, you know, <laughs> they're like, yes, what, we're aware there. What would we do with money? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, what would we actually do? Right. If there's exactly. anything I've seen, it, it, the evidence is that the ads from podcasts don't actually bring in much, if any money. <laughs> but reason a little I, bit. I thought they were actually pretty good. I, I, I'm not sure. Otherwise, why would people continue to do it? Um, most because it's some have, money uh, as opposed to no money, <laughs> pretty much. Um, but yeah, I, it's a lot of time. Podcasts. I would. Um, anyway. I mostly say like because most of them work in a way where a lot of people have like individual stores and merch and stuff, which then ends up leading to more yeah. opportunities outside of podcasting. Um, mm-hmm. But then the podcast itself yeah. just becomes the I, vehicle that gets. The I mean, opportunities. I, yeah, I listen to a couple ones like you know, Giant Bomb has their subscription drive, but most of them are you know largely Patreon supported, like by and large. Yeah, so essentially, there's a platform you can put it on there. Somebody else hosts it. You don't yeah. have to pay for that, but you know, gotta pay for your time. Well, uh, Fallout seventy six. If you ever want to sponsor us, we are right here. Right, I I will take all Fallout seventy six sponsoring as long as I can name the segment whatever I like. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I will show whatever you want me to. Just just send me a, ne- a message. Then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, in recent history, uh, Quantic Dream was invested in by, I believe it was Netties, um, in the, to the tune of $100 million. And it seems as if they put that to use as emotions powered by David Cage. I headed to PC on the Epic Game Store for a year long of exclusivity <laughs> until hitting Steam. Uh, so that means that Detroit become human, heavy rain, beyond two souls are all going to PC for the first time. Um, Those poor, poor people, which is very cool um, in some ways. Yay, uh, David Cage. <laughs> so, so you're telling me uh, NetEase backed uh, Quantic Dream is putting their games exclusively on a ten cent backed Epic Game Store. I'm trying to make sure. Yeah, so it was Netties. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening here. Chinese yeah, like, company Netties purchased a minority stake in Quantic Dream for, to the tune of $100 yeah. million. And I wonder if that was the plan from like their investment. I would, yeah. To get it on the Epic Games Store, considering their um, percentages for uh, developers and publishers. I personally think that most of this was like, hey, we just bought this company for or bought a stake in the company for $100 million. We have to buy the rights to publish these on PC because Sony owns the rights to all those games. Um, So they have to get the publishing rights to put them on PC. Um, And then they were like, well, we got to pay for that somehow. So let's get Epic to pay for it because they're just throwing money at everybody. Seems about right. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily significant that Netties has invested in one and Tencent has invested in the other. Like, yeah. Netties and Tencent invest in fucking everything. I was going to say, they did pro- I, I, I don't know that for a fact, but they're probably both invested in Steam. Right. <laughs> like, That's who the hell knows? Wait, how much do we do that? Do you own that? <laughs> I was going to say, like, well, Netties just invested in uh, or have been investing in Blizzard, too, and they're avoiding Steam as long as they can run their own launcher. So it's yeah. interesting to see where the companies are investing their money to, aka not Steam. <laughs> well, I mean, NetEase is pretty much investing in any independent uh, independent party that's been successful. I mean, they've got an investment in Bungie as well. Um, so they 
they invested there and then all of a sudden Bungie split off and is now going to do their own thing to build their games and all that stuff um, outside of what their deal is with Activision. Um, so I think they're mostly just like looking for successful developers who have opportunity to continue doing their own thing. Um, so yeah, should very interesting, very interesting stuff. Um, so anyway, that just happened. Um, and a lot of, it was weird. I was reading up on it, um, because obviously I pay somewhat attention to the news, but I mostly get these from like forums and Twitter and all that stuff. Um, very weirdly, PlayStation people were like, how dare they? I'm not going to buy a PlayStation anymore. I was like, you, this David Cage was holding you to a PlayStation? Jesus. Maybe you yeah, increase the standards, my friend. I'm, I'm going I'm to speculate here. I'm going I'm to posit this, and I, I don't know if this is true, but my if I had to guess, I would say that the people, the PlayStation people who are mad about that are not PlayStation people. They're Steam people who also own PlayStations because the Steam <laughs> people are just so pissed about Epic right now. Like, like Steam has this weird, like, like cult of loyalty. And I don't really know why. I'm not sure what, I mean, I guess because they just have so many games on Steam. They're like really into it now. But anytime there's any news about Epic doing literally anything, all of the Steam people come out of the woodwork and they're like, Steam is so much better. Epic is so stupid. Everything. It's like, Honestly, that's it, my guess. It, um, some of you may remember this, but it kind of reminds me of when uh, things that were thought of as console exclusives started going multi-platform and there would be people up in arms about that. Like, not moving to another platform exclusively, just being available on another platform. Like, people got upset about Final Fantasy Thirteen. People got upset about Devil May Cry. It's it's ridiculous. It's like, it's just available to more people. Why are you upset? I think it's yeah. more, it's kind of like a momentum of things kind of snowballing one by one. Like, you had a Phoenix Point, which was a, a crowdfunded game promising Steam keys suddenly... Uh, going to Epic to the point where the developers are like, we don't care if we have to refund everyone and nobody <laughs> buys our game, we will make money. <laughs> they gave, like a middle finger to their backers. Uh, you also have, um, you know, of course, brand loyalty is going to be a big part of that. And also people trying to find any excuse to necessitate why they like their console i mean their platform drop <laughs> kind of dropping a hint there that is pretty much console platform warming but now on pc yeah. another point is that like pc exclusives are, don't have a reason to exist you're other than we are giving you money to not be on more platforms like the consoles the idea of uh garden walling like software on a pc that's supposed to be built to play anything is kind of counterintuitive and it seems i guess from the perspective of many who are taking this deal obviously it's going to affect indie developers and small developers that need the money desperately but to them they still see it as we are valuing the money from epic rather than the options provided to 99.99% of other games. Yeah, I think the the answer to that is very much um putting our games just on there to die is not the option. We would rather have the ability to get money up front um which can take place in two ways. There is the people who do the kickstarters 
Um, there are the people who have done like green lights and early access. And there are the people who are like, I don't need to do early access as much. The game is pretty much on its way, but I can give you access to it. I also need other money funding and all that stuff to come through for other things. I, there's no reason ever for any kind of exclusivity to exist. Like if you want to make the most money on the release of your game, you release it across every platform you possibly can. The well, the idea, time. the idea is that, you know, right. they want to sell consoles or something like right. that. So right. it's like, so I'm sure there's some financial benefit to being an exclusive at like near closer to a console launch. But well, at and, this point when, when the PS4 and the Xbox one are probably near the end of their life cycles, like just fucking put everything on everything. We're going to be moving on here. Right. Here, here's a, here's a something that may surprise a lot of people. Um, all these companies just want your money. They want right. more money. Yep. That, that, that's what they want. So if How they dare they, you? If, if they think they can get more money by releasing on more platforms, that's what they're going to do. If they think they can get more money by being on the Epic Store over the Steam Store, that's what they're going to do. Like, they, they just want money, and they don't... I mean, they, I mean, they care about you in as much as you're going to give them money. That's, that's it. I can't tell you how much... I, I don't know how many times you've heard the word consumer thrown at you anytime an Epic Games article comes out, but uh, God, <laughs> the word consumer is my least favorite word of 2019. Consumers! I prefer God. gamers, you're right. No, gamers! <laughs> like just, Won't I, someone think I, of I, the gamers? I don't know, I they should my, rise I my least up. favorite term, although that's not describing a person lately, is schluter. Uh, oh, yeah. I hate oh, that one. Worst. Get out. That's the worst one. Get out. I don't believe anyone really believes in that. Um, oh, it's been used, uh, and people Alex are stuck. Navarro uses it all the time. No. <laughs> I feel like it's starting as a tongue-in-cheek thing, and then people are just like, no, this is just what it is. This is yeah. what we're calling it. It's how it's going to happen. No, that's the thing. They're, they're using it ironically, and then soon it won't be ironic anymore. Right. <laughs> right. It'll be too late. It'll just be, yeah. Oh, man. Um, so... Um, speaking of things that are a little too late, PlayStation has finally started talking again for you this year. Um, so they have announced that they're going to start on Monday with their announcements. So now that the rest of the world knows everything that Nintendo, Microsoft, Google, soon to be Apple, Walmart, Steam, Epic, everybody else has said something. So now PlayStation is going to show up after GDC. Uh, their live event is now called the State of Play. Eh? Eh? It'll be their it'll be their all stars to Smash Brothers. Is this a Google Stadium feature? (laughs) (laughs) So I I'm very much like trying to figure out um because we talked about PlayStation strategy end of last year, right? And my thing was I was like, well, it would make sense. They could launch a thing, the thing happens like monthly or every whenever they have something to say or whatever. Um, and then they could also have actual events that they throw themselves without having to be tied to E3 or, or any of these other shows that they're doing right now. Um, and then they went silent for the entirety (laughs) after that moment that they said that. Um, so like literally since what is it like October or something like that, they haven't had any like big press things, um, in any kind of way outside of the days gone, uh, previews that went out last month. Uh, so I was just curious what you got, what you all thought of this. Do you, what do you think it would be, or what would you want it to be, if you have to sit through yet another uh, live gaming show that's going to be held by a, a platform holder? And uh, Rebecca, do you have any thoughts? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I would love to see it lean more toward uh, the Nintendo Direct style of things rather than the, what is it, inside Xbox, is that what they're calling it? Oh, God, Mm -hmm. that's awful. Yeah, well, it's uh, to to its credit, it's gotten better. Um, the last one was actually the, the last one was actually pretty good. Um, they did a, a women's month thing. Um, mm-hmm. a, I should I should know what that's called. I'm I'm tired. Like, got me some slack. <laughs> International like, Women's International month? Women's Month. Yeah, they did that. Thing, and they had they had the whole thing um, hosted by women, which was amazing. Like, and like should should be obvious but obviously like women work in this industry and it's like mm-hmm. we can do a whole show with them and it's fine like obviously they know their shit and so I, it was just that was really nice and and the show itself was nice like the content was really good um it was just good stuff to watch um so they, they've gotten better but like especially early on they were just kind of doing some not interesting interviews and some <laughs> some like really really like tiny ass updates for like sea of thieves and stuff and right. no one really it wasn't like the people who liked sea of thieves cared and no one else did um and then, but then Nintendo Directs are just rapid fire announcements, and I don't think Sony has that right now. I'm pretty sure that's not what this is about. So, I think I think it's probably going to end up being somewhere in between the two mm-hmm. because Sony Sony kind of doesn't have sounds so mean. Sony doesn't have a lot of personality. I feel like no, they don't. Um, Nintendo <laughs> Nintendo is just stuffed full of personality, and Microsoft when they do Xbox stuff, they you know they do pretty good. They they have a personality as well, but Sony doesn't really have that, and so I don't really know. Like, I don't know if this would be like entertaining to watch. <clears throat> I, I I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see what this is going to be. I hope I hope it airs more on the side of Nintendo Direct style stuff. I'm pretty sure uh, to be to be even more distinct about personality, Sony doesn't really have much. They have you know, Sean Layden with his uh, presenter jacket and his presenter arm motions. And I don't, I'm not sure about Xbox's like as a whole energy. I think they, Xbox UK is like providing 99% of their energy output. That and is the accurate, other, yes. sorry, nine, <laughs> that is very true. Weirdly. 90%. And then the other 10% is lameful boasting about their marketing deals from VPs on Twitter. <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> How many times have I heard from like uh Yabara or Major uh, Well actually Major uh, Nelson Yabara. is 5% of Xbox in North America. He's doing, you know, podcasts. He's doing uh those, you know, update videos. He's well, got a lot. Yabara, Yabara's and, personality yeah. is publicly shitting on game reviewers right. Yeah, now. I was going to say Yabara's <laughs> a lot of VPs and executives on Xbox Twitter are shitting on other things or people and then phil spencer one percent teasing replying to everyone and teasing something 0.5 percent of the time yeah so yeah so nintendo's kind of elevates it all i would be i would not be surprised if sony reminds people that ghost of tsushima exists considering that sekiro shadows died twice just released yesterday when this Mm -hmm. podcast was recorded oh yeah that's Mm -hmm. true yeah. So, like, hey guys, more samurai shit. It's cool. Yeah. Okay, so, what were we at? At last, at last E three, they had Spider Man, which is Spooderman, which is obviously out. Right. Um, they had uh, they had Last of Us two, which I guess maybe we need to be reminded Still that exists as well. Ghost, Ghost of Tsushima. Of, yeah. 
and uh, our favorite no. movie trailer extravaganza. Oh right, Death, Death Stranding, Stranding, of course. Oh God, <laughs> God no. So so this yeah. is just going to be more Death play. Stranding. It's just going to be. Oh God, fuck off. No, they showed this... walking. What if they this just is... called it State simulator. of Death Stranding? State of Death Stranding. That's what it's going to be. I'm convinced. I'm convinced now. It's just it's just Death Stranding. <laughs> no, 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 they already have that coming in the Tribeca Film Festival with. It's not. It's not a game. It's a movie. It's not a game. Hey, they had David. Cage games that they try back and forth. So we tried to come up with gameplay that went with this idea. We couldn't think of anything, so we just decided to turn it into a movie. Right. <laughs> Norman Reedus was running. They call the us Shluvi. And... <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm being so snarky. I'm actually very curious to see what Death Stranding is, but it's just it's well, just David Cage welcoming the snark. Like, no. <laughs> Go ahead, Rebecca. You were saying, what was it? Welcoming the what? No, I was just saying I I'm I'm being rude. I'm not being rude. I'm 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 making fun of Death Stranding a lot. I really am very very curious to see what it is. Um, I think I think it will be interesting at minimum. Um, but <laughs> but it just it just welcomes snark. Just the way it's been rolled out and announced and presented. I just it just welcomes. It does. It really does. Um, so speaking of Xbox and the shows that they have, um, Microsoft does not think that their current live at our inside Xbox, I was about to say live at Xbox, their current li- inside Xbox does not really uh, cover enough. So now they have a new show that they have announced, um, which is ID at Xbox Game Pass. Um, so this is meant to be a separate show from the live at, in- or can I keep saying it? This is meant to be a separate show from inside Xbox that is highlighting the, uh, the indie games on Xbox games pass. Um, so they're looking to, uh, announce this. Um, and this came out right after, um, <laughs> right after Sony announced theirs, but, uh, the 26th of March is when this will play at 4 p.m. Uh, this is on Eurogamer, so that's UK time. But um, Microsoft to expect new reveals as gameplay highlights and conversation with developers. So literally now they're running two shows a month or however often this one's going to go. Um, do you guys think that this is the I mean, I understand that this is the strategy everyone's going to going to use. Like even EA is like, we're not even doing a press conference. We're just going to do direct live streams on all of their games. Like, as people who cover this stuff. How do you feel about everyone having like an individualized event that you're having to cover nowadays instead of just like one large thing that everyone does? Um, Daniel, you can take away first. Uh, well, <laughs> the problem is that they're doing all of these, you know, direct to you, the consumer. <laughs> oh my God. The consumer uh, video streams. But they're not, it's not taking away from the major events like E3 as much as you think it would. Like, EA Play, they're still have, they're not doing a press conference, but they're still doing streams where they will show things in action. That's pretty much, they're just don't want to pay an influencer to screw up their lines in front of an audience. <laughs> And be more direct in their gameplay demonstrations. And it's starting on Friday. Yeah. On Friday. We we once thought of maybe we could fly in on Friday and maybe we can accumulate or, or acclimate to the time zone and get in on Saturday morning and then leave on Thursday night. No, it's Friday to Thursday now. So the coverage of the biggest week in games 
is bigger. Not only that, we're having GDC week, we're having streams, <laughs> then we're having PAX East, then we're having South by Southwest, then we're having all these things still exist, and we're just seeing more and more of it. It's actually just perpetual E3 now, just by different names. Yeah, like... <laughs> After, no, after E3, it goes away. Oh, wait, no, it doesn't, because there's also Gamescom, um, uh, Gamescom and then there's PAX West. Yep. Don't forget like, Paris Games Week. It's pretty much like... <laughs> Tokyo Game? Oh. <laughs> no one... No, very few people go to Tokyo Game Show. Fewer people go to Paris it. Games Week. Yeah. Now that Quantic Dream doesn't have a game from Sony. <laughs> But stuff coming out of it to cover is my point. Like it's just diluting the, the like the impact of anything, and just making more of it. And even though I'm 29 years old, I'm not an old man, despite what some other people will be in a month. Uh, <laughs> wow, Shay, Shay, uh, it's still so exhausting. Let me tell you something, Sonny. Sunny. <laughs> uh, Rebecca Valentine, what do you think? Uh, having just come from your own whirlwind event of a week, mm-hmm. what do you think of all of the coverage for each of these uh, new events that are? Uh, there's just too many video games, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it's actually interesting. Like GDC, I in, in past years, I mean, I've, this is my first GDC I've been to. Um, but I I had never looked at GDC even you know when I was an Apture covering every damn game announcement ever. Um, that. I never thought of GDC as like a time for big announcements. Like it wasn't right. like it wasn't was, like that. It wasn't, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, it but wasn't. but now like like I mean I went to fucking Unity. I went to the Unity keynote, and I'm expecting to hear like and I did hear about like you know specific updates to Unity. But they're also dropping game trailers. Like, right. like what yeah, are you guys they doing? Used to not do that. <laughs> what's what's going on here? This is not what I expected. Unity, um, bitch. Yeah, there's just like <laughs> there's just like so many games, and then we've got Stadia, which is. I mean, huge. That's huge news. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been the internet all week, as far as I can tell. Um, but yeah, there's just there's just so many games, and I don't. God, I don't even remember the original question. Oh, all all these different all these different little game shows because because yeah, like like what Dan said, E3 like backing up in on the Friday. I mean, E3 just I know I know EA plays not a part of E3, but no, it's a part of E3. Like the the week just <laughs> the week just keeps on backing up and backing up. But there's just there's just so many games and so many announcements, and it's. Again, companies just want to make money. They just want to right. sell you things, and this is this is another way that they're they're just going to sell you things. They are just going to inundate us with you know constant announcements, and that's like, uh, I mean, I, I guess it's like good in some ways for various people involved, um, but yeah, there's just there's just like this saturation of everything. Like, I think. I think all this stuff is great. I'm really glad that Xbox is highlighting indies because I think the constant, de- just just massive flood of game announcements going on constantly makes it harder and harder and harder for indie games to get attention and recognition. Yeah. Um, and Nintendo's done a lot of really good work. Like one of the things that I did at GDC is I went to an indies event and I got to like actually check out and get hands on with ju- with just indie games. Like nothing else was there. It was just indie games. Um, Xbox had a similar event. They did an ID at Xbox event, just indie games. R- two really really great events. Um, good people invited to them. Going to do a lot of write ups. I'm probably I'm sure you'll probably see like a whole bunch of hands on stuff coming up from um, all these different indie games here soon because it was really it was really really nice. And they do these presentations and that's that's great. Like that's that's one of the few ways to get big onstage recognition as an indie game. I think people are becoming more appreciative of indie games, but I think it's also just harder and harder and harder to get on those stages 
Um, especially, and if you can't, if you can't get in the good graces of like Nintendo or Xbox and get yourself on one of those big stages, it can be really, really hard. I think to get your game attention. Oh, kind unless, of funny game. That you, reminds me. <laughs> unless you pay uh, or take that money from Epic. And then, <laughs> oh god! And, and but I'm that's the thing, right? So, so, but that—that's part of it, right? So, mm-hmm. like, Epic right now is not an open storefront. Like, it's not Steam. You can't just go slap your game on it. And on one hand, that's great because the indies that are on there get a lot more attention. But on the other hand, if you can't get on Epic, then you're left with—you know—I mean, there's like Itch and GOG, and people, I guess, buy things from there. Uh, Discord, I think, is not an open storefront either. You have to. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um. So again, like you, you have to, if you can get on there, great. If you can't, eh. so your option is steam, which is, you know, maybe fine because it's got a huge audience, but it's like, there's all this stuff now about how apparently indie games are really, really suffering on there. I mean, it's just, it's just really fucking hard to be an indie man. That it is. That it is. Eric, do you have any thoughts to add to all of this? Um, not aside from my comments I've peppered in already. (laughs) I, I think for me, mostly as somebody who like uh, sits and observes these things for the most part, it's just like, man, there's just announcements all the time. Like, I don't even really browse for announcements because they just just they're just thrown at you so often. Like, I can go onto Twitter randomly, and there's likely an announcement of some kind of something from some major publisher. Not even just it, like obviously there'll be always indie titles. There's always people working on new projects, but like from the major publisher side, you really only talk about them when they're actually coming together and there's new things. But now it's like games that launched two months ago, three months ago, four months ago, they have their regular monthly updates. And then you have the games that are coming out and they're giving you their developer diary up until the actual release of the game. And then like you have the actual publishers themselves were like, oh, we have these events where we're going to talk about the games. And now we have GDC has become about talking about the games. And then uh, <laughs> you have like events that have generally been like sm- like relatively small affairs are just growing huger and hu- more and more huge. So like PAX is uh, like bursting at the seams in every a- area that it's going. So they have now like I, w- I think somebody made the joke the other day, like, man, I can't wait for PAX Midwest in Chicago because they just need Excuse another- <laughs> you. I cannot wait for a PAX Midwest. <laughs> so I'm- Kansas City represent. Bring PAX I, to Kansas City. Wait, yeah, hold I, on. Yeah, Kansas City is well, not far. On, I, I could go. I, hold on. I work for a company that's owned by the people who own PAX. Maybe I should work on that. Right? Is it actually happening? You can spearhead it. (laughs) Pax Midwest in Kansas City. (laughs) (laughs) Throw throw it at them. So, yeah, I just think that it's like there's just constantly so much stuff going on. And obviously, there's big things that happen. Um, We'll be talking about one in a second. Uh, But. Eric, like to me, it's just like oh my, my my goodness! Like there are weekly streams for this thing that like, and if you want to be invested in any kind of thing, you can't spend too much time thinking about anything else. It's kind of why I'm always curious when people are like, if you say that you like have a PlayStation and you're playing on PlayStation, like I don't even understand how you can get jealous of somebody else with another console or anything like that because it's like, dude, there's so many games, so so many games. Why are you not playing all of the games? <laughs> like, there's so many games. To, but people spend so much time, like, I think looking forward. And that's kind of, like, what they take advantage of with all these shows. It's like everyone spends so much time looking forward. No one's really, like, enjoying this in the moment. Even as games are being released, like, The Vision 2 has come out. And, like, not everybody's like, well, I wonder what Destiny 2 is going to do. It's like, I don't, I don't even know. Like, their next update's in, like, 
fall. Who cares? Like, let's take them off. Really? I've seen it. No, no, say, is it really in fall? Because I know, like, you know, we just saw from Battlefield Five, they're just adding their Battle Royale mode uh, (laughs) Monday. Right. I, I don't understand these games of service like coming with late services. It's weird. It's it's very weird. Oh, well, I think well, Destiny's next like big major expansion update is until fall. Well, they have multiple things in between. Um, well, is that affected by you know the whole like Activision split too, or do we know? Or I have no idea. I yeah. I'm, I'm mostly just saying like everything now being as a service is just <laughs> there's so many there's... announcements and it's it's weird in a way where like netflix used to not be like this but even if you pay attention to like netflix stuff now like obviously they've actually hired a social media team now they've got pretty good people they make funny jokes um but they actually have videos that regularly announce like here's what's coming uh to netflix and like they never used to do that that used to be the realm of like a random page on on the internet that would just be like, "Here's what's coming to Netflix this month. Here's what's leaving." Netflix. You mean uh, you mean Netflix Life, which was actually the exactly. first site to do that, and then everyone started copying them. The exactly. one thing that fansided <laughs> ever did first. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly that. So it's like to me, it's like now all of these people want to be their own Netflix Life, and they want to just announce these things. Um, I've appreciated that there hasn't been like a full on live show. From PlayStation for the most part, like because I think inside Xbox is like okay, we don't need that. Um, we, we, we I really don't need to listen to Major well, Nelson for an hour. Uh, <laughs> I just that's need- why I don't get why they don't just incorporate that in the idea at Xbox into that show. That would make it more interesting. I a separate show. Also, don't know why they wouldn't do that. <laughs> the indie developers that they don't know what they're talking about versus the developers who they are the producers of and see their games all the time, so they're asking them questions they've already talked about. I think they would be better off having people they don't know ever the ins and outs of all of their games. I um, think they're running a YouTube channel as a service. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, so I just think there's a lot going on. It's constant inundation within information and I just kind of turn myself off from it for the most part and like let other people tell me what happened when these things go on. Uh, and then I go back and watch them later once I actually get time, but I don't know who has the time to keep up with all of this, especially people who are in press. Like, there's no way you have time to keep up with all of this. I am extremely lucky that I'm at a business site and I can look at something. I Like, I'll watch the Xbox Indies thing because there may be something there for us. But for the most part, it's just me going, huh, those games look good. And then I can go. <laughs> right. Yeah, I would Sorry, love Daniel. to have that. Sorry. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Um, as I bring up many, many times closing out the podcast, I write for two different websites. And covering half of video games and throwing them on dockets and hoping people grab them and then not grab them. And then seeing, like, managing, like, the world of Survivor, which is exciting and enthralling. And it's still the best show on Wednesday. Like, there's so much video games and there's so much entertainment like it's craziness yeah like if you have to pretty much be dedicated to being a video game consumer i mean fan or gamer i mean (laughs) to to, to know and hear about it all you pretty much have to be working in the machine to keep track and i mean yeah it's it's kind of insane Kind of insane, but I I don't I think the idea is that uh, people will just choose, um, and I see all the time people who have just like, yeah man, the the people who I know people who are like Game of Thrones is my show, 
I don't care about any other show. I watch Game of Thrones, read Game of Thrones, listen to things about Game of Thrones, and that's my thing. That's all I do. I got people who just love true crime. Like, they watch true crime shows, watch, listen to true crime podcasts, watch youth true crime documentaries, and, like, true crime is where they live. That's just their thing. And I feel like it's going to be the same thing here with uh, with games in a way where it's just, like, I'm going to find the games that I like to play of those types, and I'm going to stay in that realm. As I mean, it's as just too hard can. to keep up with everything. That's that's not just games. Yeah, like you said, it's like it's all media, really. Right. It's like I mean, it, it, I mean, what the problem first came about with the printing press. So I think we just got to go back and just stop that, and we'll, we'll all be better off. I mean, it's, just, it's been so long <laughs> since we like, like you know, kids today have no idea what a monoculture is. <laughs> Um, so anyway, speaking of all of the things that are going on, uh, let's talk about Google Stadia. Um, first, can we talk about the name? Does it, anyone it, like is that? Is that an ointment for something or, or medicine? <laughs> I, wait, I opened me... my mouth when I was on Kind of Funny this last week. I opened my mouth to talk about Stadia and I very almost said Stevia. I was yeah. so close to it. I had to like <laughs> stop myself. <laughs> I think the funniest thing is when uh, Jason Schreier is talking to Phil Harrison on the uh, the Kotaku split screen podcast, and he literally brings that up. He was like, I think that people may confuse this with Stevia, and Phil Harrison did not go for it. He was like, <laughs> no, I don't think that – I think most people will I mean, know. It's like I, stadium, but multiple, you know? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm more about Stevia status. Who keeps getting paid to come up with these names? <laughs> I was gonna say I was, I'm more about uh, Stadia status, aka yeah. Big Brother from Kanye West's greatest album, Graduation. Oh yeah, Stadium status. I do remember that. <laughs> it's been a minute. <laughs> that album is now over ten years old. Um, oh, <laughs> um, I was a teenager back then. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's weird. Very weird. Um, so anyway, uh, so Google comes on a stage at GDC to announce their Google Stadia, which is their cloud streaming service. Um, do we think that we're going to pay for the streaming? I don't think that they're going to make you pay for the streaming. There's, there's, there seems to be a lot of like some people think you'll pay like never some basic service, but you'll be able to, but you'll be able to play but you won't pay for games. Some people think they're going to sell them individually. Some people think it will be both. They've, they've been so vague on details, it's hard to say. I'm yeah, think- we don't Oh, know. go ahead. No, we, we, don't, we don't know yet. Um, the, there's been so much speculation. That was kind of the big, one of the big disappointments for me coming out of that was not knowing, mm-hmm. one, how people are going to pay for it, or two, how people are going to make money off of it. Um, like, are we, three, are we still be- them refusing to acknowledge that they won't answer it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was real funny, too. Like, people have been asking them about it, and they're like, well, GDC wasn't the place to announce that. No, GDC is full of developers who might want to put their games on this platform <laughs> and make money off of them. GDC would be a great place to announce this. Thank you. Right. Also, for them uh, to Rebecca- admit, they'll dump it in two years. <laughs> okay, this is something that was in our Slack. Like... Some of these jokers are thinking that Google is investing this amount of money into this big a project, I mean, and I'm it's going to be a year or two, and then gone. Okay, I think fine. it's too much of an investment. <laughs> like it's too big I mean, and too audacious for it to be a year or two, and then the, to just not try it. 
So let's talk about all the different investments that they have then. Um, so essentially, they went on stage. They announced that, hey, we're going to try to bring the streaming service to any platform that allows you to have Chrome on it in any kind of way. So you can play. I got Google Chrome Google. on it. <laughs> you can play Google Stadia on your PC. <laughs> you can play Google Stadia on your Google Pixel. Um, thus far, and has not been advanced to other platforms on the phone side, so just Google Pixel. Uh, and then you can play it on a Chromecast Ultra, uh, and you can play it, uh, and then that that's it. Those, so those are the three. So on your television, on your PC, or on your phone, um, using Google products, of course, with any of those things to make it work. Um, they're promising that there is going to be a – they're trying to reduce the what they call the friction of modern-day gaming – which is having to have a console or or expensive computer or something of that, of that nature to be able to play everything by then using their data data ah, data center structure to back everything up. So they're promising something. I think it was ten point seven teraflops per streaming instance um, or per instance that they're running, and they can then stack those on top of each other for the needs of the person as in whatever resolution it is they're trying to play. With all of this, they've said to get regular 1080p gaming that you would need something around, I think they, was it 25 megabits per second that they said that you needed for uh, for 1080p? Or Yeah, I think that's what they said. 25 yeah. or 30, yeah. I think I saw both. And then it goes up from there because you can scale it all the way up to 4K 60 frames per second is what they're promising. Um, now, obviously, all of those come with the incredible caveat that um, all of the different uh, people like Google, or people like Microsoft and Sony have actually tried to sue the sue the ISP providers for overstating the actual internet infrastructure in the United States uh, in general. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's that part of the problem uh, with this. So obviously, Google has tried to alleviate that problem somewhat with their own gigabit internet service. But speaking as somebody who's in Atlanta, uh, that's pretty limited. Um, they don't even come outside of the city limits of Atlanta when they're doing that. So it's very, very, uh, I mean, they come like right outside the perimeter. And that's about it. Um, so for me, living in uh, living much further outside of Atlanta, it's like, God damn it. I only live 15 minutes away. Google, 15 minutes. Anyway. So outside of their gigabit internet service and some of the others, um, AT&T and uh, Comcast now having those offerings, very few people have access to the type of speed they need. So Google is basically promising that they're going to be able to try to tie all the things in in terms of being able to stream directly to you. They're going to allow you to click on YouTube videos to go directly to games and play them right away on Stadia. They're offering that you'll be able to watch your favorite streamer and then click a button and directly be able to play with them um, using Stadia um, by basically saying we're going to load everything in five seconds or less. I don't. Is the dream too real, Rebecca? Is the dream too real for for Google Stadia, or is it too early to know? It's way too early to know. Um, I do think that one of the biggest issues is that they they seem to be at odds with the thing that they're... Oh, sorry. Eric just asked it in our Discord if Google Fiber was in Kansas City and then they pulled it. That was a different city. I think that was Kentucky that they pulled it from. Louis, Louis, oh. Louis, Louisville, Kentucky, I think is where they pulled it from. Um, it, it was Kansas one of like the first Google, cities to get it. I can't remember. Yeah, Kansas City is the first city that they started Google Fiber in. And we actually yeah. still have free Google Fiber here, which is oh. cool in that it's free Google Fiber. It's not cool in that the free Google Fiber is cheap as... Well, it it, it is cheap-ass internet and that it doesn't work very well. 
I had to upgrade to the paid version, but even the paid version, I mean, it's, it's 50 bucks a month and I get really damn good internet. Like it, it's fast as hell. Um, upload and download speeds are great. I don't know what they are specifically, but I, I haven't needed it. They have even more expensive plans than that. And I haven't needed them for anything. Like I, and I, I stream things, I do all kinds of stuff. Mm. Um, but anyway, I, th- I brought that up because uh, Google fiber, I thought it's weird that Google has this whole great internet service thing that they seem to be backing off on when mm-hmm. having a strong Google fiber presence in a lot of places would actually benefit the stadia thing that they've announced. Like it seems mm-hmm. the two would go well together, but you know, it, they're not going to because Google fiber is kind of quiet right now and apparently backing out of cities. Right. Um, I think the promise of this is great. I love, like, they opened the presentation talking about accessibility and how they're going to reach, you know, millions of people and how great that is. And I, I think that's wonderful. I mean, that's one of the reasons mobile took off, right? Like, people can't, if people can't afford, you know, like, an Xbox One or a really expensive gaming PC or even a Nintendo Switch, whatever, but everybody's got a fucking phone. Everybody's got a phone that can run games. And there are so many games that are free. Yeah, they have microtransactions, but mobile did something amazing to bring gaming to just this massive audience. And I people people are so fucking down on mobile gaming. You know, mobile games aren't real games. Whatever, fuck <laughs> off. Mobile mobile is huge. The next generation of kids is growing up native to mobile in the same way that our generation grew up native to PCs. Mobile is going to keep on growing for the very reason that it is so accessible. Now, Stadia has that potential as well, but just like on on paper like in premise, it has the potential to take advantage of what mobile has already done. The fact that everybody's got a phone, if everybody's got a phone that can now play Assassin's Creed, now not only can people play, you know, games, no matter what their situation is, people can also play really great games, no matter what their situation is. That Mm -hmm. sounds great on paper. Now, do those games still cost 60 bucks? That that's prohibitive for a lot of people. Do those games actually run well? Now it seems like, you know, it, it seems like, yeah, maybe maybe the graphic quality might not be great. Um, maybe there might be some weird latency issues. Um, are, do they run good enough? Like, right. the person who's playing Assassin's Creed on their phone probably isn't doing that because they care about, you know, super great graphics and super great performance. They're doing it because they want to play Assassin's Creed and their phone is how they can do it. The people who still want to play amazing quality Assassin's Creed are going to have the fancy gaming PCs and they're going to do it. Is it good enough is the question. Is it good enough that people can have like a normal, enjoyable experience in games like that? And that's, that's the big question, right? Like it doesn't, it doesn't have to be fantastic. It doesn't have to look beautiful. It just has to function well enough that people can enjoy the game. And I, I'm real interested to see how that's going to play out um, with a lot of different types of games, like fighting games or games where latency can actually be a serious issue. Um, we don't know enough yet. We just don't. Um, I I wish I wish they had some sort, even just like a closed beta or something where people with, uh, but, but a closed beta, not just within their people who already have fancy internet, like a closed beta with people all across the US who could, you know, actually speak to what's going on here. And it's just, it's just real vague, but I think the promise is incredible. Daniel, like yeah, I'm, I'm, I was going to say like few things. Like one, if um, if mobile games can make uh, Vinny Caravella cry, aka with Florence did last year, then they still have uh, merit. That was Florence one. fucked me up, man. Oh my yeah, God. it'll fuck people up. Uh, number two. Uh, yeah, fighting games. I they, fighting games will not be played on Stadium. Don't even bother. <laughs> like, even if it's 50 milliseconds, which I think is impossible for lag, 
it's still too much. Mm-hmm. That's still too many frames dropped. You have like you can't do that. It's not going to work. I'm I like you can show me it and I can play it and I say <laughs> this won't exist. Um, you can put it in my face. You can you can play it, put it on the top of my head, but I still won't believe it's there. Yeah. So uh, that's two. Yeah. Three. Um. Yeah. It seems like everyone. Finally, I guess they've been bamboozled enough times to be like already anti uh stadia existing without seeing if it can work. And I'm saying like people keep pointing out, oh, OnLive didn't work. I'm like, yeah, well OnLive's not by Google. It's not by one of the top five. What are you doing? <laughs> and they, and then they also say, Oh, it wasn't the technology. I'm like, oh yeah, well, maybe having servers that are also the servers that everyone runs and uh has might be to their benefit mm-hmm. for Google like they have the biggest potential to do this i'm still in the mind that yeah please let me see it let me do it i i will see it happen and then i will judge i can still be excited and i still think that google has the best potential but yeah everyone seems to have been hoodwinked too many times to just take it on Google's word, which is really great. What do you think, Eric? Um, I mean, my biggest problem is, you know, how does the ownership work out? Like, you do, like, do you pay $60 and you can download it, hopefully, in, per- in perpetuity? Or at least stream it in perpetuity? Mm-hmm. Uh, I... Thing. Because we just had a pretty bad example of this with the uh, with the Wii, where Nintendo did not need to shut down everything, and they did. <laughs> what do you mean Nintendo didn't have to shut down everything, and they did? The with the Wii Shop, with the Wii E Shop, they you know you can no longer even download stuff you own. Yeah, but do you think like that's the problem with people thinking that everything that on the internet is there forever? Nintendo's not going to run Wii servers, not going to run DS servers, not going to run all these servers forever because they have the next platform and they have next five platforms to go through. Steam even has backup plans for if they will go bankrupt, they will release DRM from their platforms and you can play their games forever. Yeah, no, I mean, I I don't know what they're gonna do on that front. Um, That's the problem. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I I think that ultimately is what kind of boils down to for me in the conversation. It's like I just don't know anything about. Like they said a lot, but they didn't say of a nothing. Lot. Yeah, <laughs> like they were just like, "Hey, we got this no, thing." I'm saying nothing. <laughs> this this is this thing we got. Hey, what does this thing do? Oh yeah, this is what the thing does. How do we do it? Oh wait, it's not the place to talk about that yet. We're, we'll we'll get to that there in a moment. How yeah, much does it cost? Oh well, it's not the place to talk about that yet. We'll, when are we gonna <laughs> learn more? Summer. So E three summer. Right. So E three I mean, summer. Well, that's the, I, they don't have a thing at E three. They might. I guess they might drop. Don't some they? Don't video. they? Do we do know? They? We do no. not. <laughs> See, here's what we know about E three so far. We know EA is not doing a press event, but they're doing three days of hell. Uh, (laughs) Sony is not going to be in attendance at all Um, we know Devolver Digital will still be holding its usual nonsense 
Mm-hmm. And that that's what we know. Like we haven't heard a yay or nay from Nintendo yet. I presume they will be there. No, no, um, they said they said when um when Sony said they weren't gonna do it, like both Microsoft and Nintendo stepped up and said, We will be at E three and we oh. want to put on a big show. Both of them. I, okay, I missed that. Okay, Bethesda so Xbox and Nintendo will be there. We yeah. yeah, but yeah, Bethesda confirmed. Um I guess we we don't specifically know the details of either the Xbox press conference or presumably the Nintendo Direct, but we know they will be in attendance. I mean, we do Nintendo know will probably just be mostly Pokemon, I would assume, but Animal <laughs> Crossing, you heathen. They will show I, something they, with Fire Emblem. They tend Emblem to showcase well. one major title. Is my point. They spent what? So Animal more? Crossing, mean- Pokemon is a third-party game. <laughs> oh, They're not going to yeah, highlight absolutely, a absolutely third-party, second-party game, second-party. Se- yes, game. okay, fair. I'll I'll give you a second-party game. <laughs> also, EA doesn't exist within e- ESA. <laughs> Shut up, Daniel. <laughs> we go through this every time. It's still part I of E3. Anyway, there's still a gaping hole where Sony was. And oh, no question. I don't know. What if we saw Google across from Xbox but when they had E3? No... I mean, wouldn't that be... But, I mean, wouldn't we know that? Wouldn't they have to reserve space? Uh, we Have we seen the floor plan yet? Nope. So we I'm don't still know. Getting emails saying, "Please sign up." And even so, <laughs> even if they didn't have floor space and all this other stuff, like Google could still host its own event in a big old right. area, like next to E3, and call it not E3, but it would still be E3. I mean, that may no, maybe why he's dodging. E- it could absolutely do that. Yeah, that may be why he's dodging E3 remarks too, because he's techn- they're technically going to do it during E3, but it's not going to be E3. Right. I bet. I bet we see them at. "Quote unquote E3." <laughs> I, I just call it the Games Week from Hell. Yeah, yeah it's Games gonna, Week from Hell. It's going to eventually expand to the Games Month from Hell. Don't shut up! <laughs> Don't, I'm not even entertaining that. He's <laughs> like, Don't no. even put it in the air. Don't even throw it in the air. Yeah. That was um, that was the harshest thing I've ever said to you, Eric. And it was like, and uh, that was just a guttural reaction. Oh my goodness! So the other weird thing that they're very obstinate about is that the uh, as they've quoted multiple times. Uh, so I've heard it, uh, I've heard it, I've read it uh, specifically in this article uh, with Mr. James Bachelor over at GamesIndustry.biz. Uh, I met, I met, saw him again this week. He's so lovely. He looks like a he looks like a good young chap. He's a he's a he's a grown he's a grown up with kids. Yes, right. <laughs> um, so they're oh, very absolutely firm that we are not, will not, and will never release a console, um, which isn't surprising in any kind of way. Google's very much probably like, hey, we spend all this money on data centers. How dare you ask us to try to spend money on anything else? That someone has to own on this, we already make the devices to make it work. Makes sense, perfectly understandable. Um, but they're like really obstinate about the also the way that they think that Stadia is a shift away from consoles at all. Um, and that was like some of the, one of the other things I just thought was interesting is that a lot of these services are aimed at basically getting around the major elephant in the room for most people, which is like the big device that's sitting next to me and silently humming right now, which is the PlayStation 4 that I have on uh, that's playing Final Fantasy 14 music. Um, and then there's uh, my actual PC here uh, that's also silently humming next to me. Um, and getting rid of basically these devices so that you don't actually need them outside of 
you know, like you can open a Chromebook and buy a Chromebook. Chromebook only has Chrome in it, and you're still playing games and doing all these things that you normally can't do on those devices because they don't have enough power on them. Um, so do you all think that there is a future, a console-less future, um, on the horizon, let's say in the next 15 years? I won't say five, well, but fifteen. Well, as, no, I definitely think I definitely think there will be you know at least one more actual generation of consoles. Um, but I think you're just gonna have like like I think Nintendo will probably because they've just always been kind of doing their own thing anyways. They will probably continue to make something physical hardware that you can buy. Um, other than that, no, I think it's all going. I mean, because we know we know that's Microsoft's plans, and Sony's been you know inching towards that, and it's just yeah, you might have some sort of box you buy, but it'll be you know it's a streaming box, or you yeah, <laughs> pretty much that a Steam box, if yeah. you will, <laughs> more or less. The the thing An people Xbox, rally, if you the, will, the thing people vilify Don wow. X <laughs> we truly are the Xboxes. Daniel, every time. You know, Rebecca, we we allowed the Last of Us. Um, anyway, um, so I mean, speaking of these things, um, and the reason why I asked this question, um, is that one of the other things that's been coming out is just that there are so many game services, um, being announced right now. Um, and when I say that, I don't just mean within gaming sphere where we have the ones that we know so we have playstation now um and playstation plus from sony we have game pass xbox live and x cloud coming from microsoft we have google stadia steam has steam link um What's nvidia the EA one ea has origin access premiere and right. ea access mm-hmm. nvidia has geforce now the epic game store has free subscriptions for people or not free subscriptions but like anyone who uses their service gets free games Discord has Nitro Plus for their Nitro store. I think uh, they have free games too sometimes. Discord? I think so. I thought that was only if you had Nitro, so you have to pay for it. Oh. No. So for it just as free as PS Plus and Xbox. Yeah. Yeah, with- yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um and then um then there's just this news recently that in addition to all the stuff and news that Google is making um, the rumors of Amazon, as always, on the horizon. Um, Walmart is now currently being said from a report I, from The Verge. Good I would Lord! Not be surprised, um, I would not be <laughs> if part of refreshing their image that GameStop tries to get into it too. You said GameStop? I would not be surprised. There is no news, but there was a whole thing of, like, they want to, like, rebrand and be, like, a hangout and whatever. And that's, like, that sounds like something where they would try and get into their own subservice. Uh, they already have that at every flagship store. <laughs> right. That's just now every store is a flagship store. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, so Walmart is uh, from a Verge report uh, are, um, is saying that they're creating server farms um, to or have server farms with, with data to be able to try to run information for having a, a gaming service as well. Um, and so they're they're uh they're being just rumored as being interested in this not not a huge thing that they says is going to actually happen but they're being rumored as being interested uh and the other that's being rumored as being interested is apple who is announcing all of their services um monday as well so in addition to the state of play Apple's going to have their normal event um that they're due in the early part of the year except this one is focused on 
services. So they're starting new services and all these subscription services across their platform. One of them is assumed to be a gaming service, though they don't expect it will be announced. And that's from Bloomberg. Um, I was reading that. Um, so with all of these things being the case, like you basically everyone's trying to get in on. I, I went to uh, what in the software world is called customer success. Um, which is maintaining ARR, which is the annual recurring revenue for your company based on the individuals and how much it costs to retain them. So everyone's focused on getting everyone in on the annual recurring revenue that they're going to be able to bring in. So Apple, despite the fact that it has recurring revenue that happens on a regular basis based on the amount of people that buy their phones, they don't have very many streams of services that they offer where you have annual recurring revenue that you know is going to happen based on the amount of users that you have. Um, so Apple has been getting dinged for this, and now they're branching into having video services, news services, gaming services. It's very interesting because on our side of the business where, where I work, and when you're in customer success, everything is how quickly can you get people to use your product and then how quickly can you keep or how long can you keep them paying for it? <laughs> Um, so we were just talking about this the other day with a couple of friends of mine and like how literally everything is as a service now, um, doesn't matter whether you consider it Netflix, um, or you consider it like Hulu, like anything that has a subscription fee, um, is running in a world where they want to do whatever it takes to keep their subscribers or the people who pay them happy. Um, and I thought it was just an interesting thought because of how many different services there are in there today. So um, whether you have your iPhone or you have an Android device or you have a Google phone, uh, a TV that just has a Chromecast, um, no word on whether an Amazon Firebox will ever get anything. Um, but, but all these different things are going to have something for you to do. Um, so, Rebecca, what device are you going to make your primary gaming platform <laughs> goddamn nintendo switch man (laughs) i mean really like like whatever 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 happens to devices whatever happens to any of these things um what's going to ultimately be king is what content can i play on what like Mm -hmm. that's the big question and and personally for me i love everything nintendo does for the most part and most of my most of my favorite franchises and series either come directly for, from them, are exclusive to their platforms, or are available on their platforms. Like most of the indies that I am really excited about are going to be on the Switch. Hell, it sounds like Ori and the Blind Forest is going to end up on the Switch, maybe. That's being rumored. And that was like one of the few things that Xbox had that no one else had. Cuphead um, is already on the Switch store for pre-order. It is. I'm, I'm not a Cuphead person. Um, that's a little much for me. But Ori, Ori, like if Ori followed in its footsteps like that, that would basically mean that anything that I have like really wanted to play this year is on my Switch. So, yeah, I'm not... In the end, it just matters what games are on what. And I think Nintendo, no matter what everybody else does, Nintendo's going to hold really, really tight to its IP. I Everybody's like, you know, saying, oh, well, if they could just put like Mario on other platforms or whatever, they're not going to fucking do that. Nintendo's mm-hmm. going to hold on to what it's got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say, what decade is this? I know, shut up. <laughs> no, no, because people have been saying, you know, Nintendo multi-platform when forever. No, before games as a service, not, yeah. they're not going to do it. They're just not. That's Never. very oh, silly, man, and, and that would be so them. stupid of them to do. <laughs> Back to our conversation from earlier, that whole thing about yeah, generally the rule is. If you put it on more platforms, more people can play it and you sell more. But that isn't really true in Nintendo's case because Nintendo has developed 
this following of people who, if you love Nintendo, if you love one Nintendo game, you generally love more than one Nintendo game. And you are generally willing to pay for, especially since its platforms are usually cheaper than the other two. You're generally willing to pay for a Nintendo platform to play those games. Like Nintendo doesn't, like how many more sales really would they get if they put Smash on Xbox? Like some more. No, some some more. (laughs) But I I do not think... I do not think that the amount of money they would make doing that would outweigh the benefit they get from having it as a Switch exclusive and getting people to buy Switches to play that game. So, carry on. Well, and more importantly, (laughs) Nintendo is one of the few console manufacturers that makes um, positive sales from day one on their consoles. I'm not sure if that's still the case with the Nintendo Switch, but I know that's been the case for the past few generations and on... uh, uh, handhelds like they will make it so that it, they're not taking a heavy loss up front. Well, I, well, think- I go ahead, Danny. Or go oh. ahead, uh, Eric. Oh, I was gonna say also the um, I haven't checked in a little while, but the attachment rate on the Switch is like really high. Oh, god, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they have like tw- a handful of exclusive Nintendo games, and especially last year, there was a kind of a dearth. I think so. Of non indie games. I think Nintendo uh, actually weathered the storm. I mean, they, they, they definitely lost a lot of money um, with the Wii U uh, and, and burned through a lot of cash. Um, but don't, like, don't they that, like allegedly have a stupidly they, huge war chest they, from yeah, like, the exactly. Wii or something? That's, well, that's what I mean. Well, it's like overall, the, the, they yeah. were biting into the war chest to, to, to survive that time period. But I think they've come out on the other side. They've made the platform that is going to be, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's it's the platform that most people seem to talk about the most or are excited about the most um, as, as of right now, at the very least. And when new consoles arrive, like them having stuck it out to the point where these streaming services are coming about to the point where Microsoft is even now like, oh, we'll let you use Xbox Live on the Switch and all these things like that. Like getting to the point where they have like one of the big, the other two as is basically capitulating to the idea that we're going to put everything everywhere. It helps their platform more than anything else because they can still do what they do and get all the benefits of everyone else because people will buy stuff for Nintendo stuff. And then you'll have people who will be like, well, I also may want to get that Xbox stuff. Oh, I'm just going to get that stuff on when will, if it happens that way, I'm just going to get that. I can do my Xbox live achievements on this one, or I can do Minecraft on this one. Or, you know, I just think that they actually weathered the storm pretty well for that. Um, and we'll kind of see where, where PlayStation d- decides to go in the next year and a half um, for their PlayStation five um, in terms of what they make it offer and how they have services built into their platform. And, I think it's very interesting what the actual console holders are going to do going forward because Nintendo is pretty straight. Like they can just be like, it is going to stay the course. We have a device that is already a handheld. It goes wherever you want. You can play whatever you like that is on here at any place in time. And all of everyone else is trying to do the streaming stuff because they're trying to solve a problem that we don't have for our games, (laughs) which is you can access them anywhere once you have the device. And really, I think that as long as they can keep selling that you can only play Mario here, they they are in a good position to still be a device manufacturer and still being a person that sells games on a storefront. Whereas it definitely seems like Microsoft is moving towards that. Uh, we're, we're, we're still going to make hardware, but if you want to buy this anywhere else, please do. 
um, and we'll see what what PlayStation brings about as well. But I think I think it's I just, number of services that are out there now. Uh, whatever happened with on that uh, Xbox Live growing and engaging your gaming community across platforms presented by Microsoft conference that everyone was touting. This is when the Xbox Game Pass is coming to the Nintendo Switch. It's being mm, there actually is an answer for that. There's actually an answer for that. My understanding of what happened is that 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 was originally the title, and then there was a there was a thing. It was under embargo, and then the embargo lifted. Um, but part of they were talking about something else. Um, but part of the discussion was that originally Switch had been part of that conversation, but then it was basically like put on there by accident or prematurely announced, and mm-hmm. so they weren't actually going to be talking about Switch at that panel, and they did not. They were only talking about Android and iOS. Where are the follow-ups? <laughs> I think if you I think if you look it up, you can probably find what was what that topic was about with Android and iOS because I I do think I saw a couple headlines about that last week, but I I, I didn't look at the news honestly at all this week because fucking GDC. Yeah, exactly. No, there it cannot be done. You got to no. do mad work and also escape the mad San Francisco terminal on Friday apparently. <laughs> I will throw Apparently. this out here. I will throw this out there. I did. I don't. I don't normally get to play games when I go to events like that. But I did get to play one game that mm-hmm. is anticipated at the moment, and okay. it's under embargo for next week. But um, next week when we record the podcast, I don't. I don't get to write about my game impressions anymore. So I'll fucking come on here and talk about some game impressions. Sounds yeah. wonderful. Always a pleasure. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So that's that's everything that I thought was was things that we had as a as a conversation topic for today. I think. Where the future of games as a service and the industry as a whole is moving is interesting. Is it is the is the answer to this of is it better is definitely going to be one that is will take time to answer. Um, and I think that by the end of next year, because I think end of next year will when will be when everyone knows what all of everyone or everything will be released in terms of whatever the if Nintendo does the next upgraded version of the Switch, it'll likely hit within the next year. If PlayStation does the next upgrade, it's happening before the end of next year. Same thing with Microsoft. And Google is poised to have this out of, I think it's in beta right now. Like you're supposed to be in beta towards the end of this year, or is it launching at the end of this year for Stadia? Let me make sure. Let me see what Re- Remember 13 years ago when everyone was in an outrage that Bethesda had the gall to charge players two dollars and fifty cents for a horse armor <laughs> honestly that seems long Boy, have times days of video gaming. <laughs> oh there's one thing we didn't I mean, really bring up um let me bank off that though <laughs> i was gonna say I was, there's one thing we really didn't bring up which is like the monetization process for games after they are on some of these streaming services um which i know that part of a lot of that has to do with like how they end up trying to pay for things so if Google is having you pay for games or if they're going to pay for those games and put them on there or something. But I think the other part of it is like, how do they do what they do now, which is the, how do you promise uh, constant engagement in terms of the actual, you know, money made. So like Anthem, for example, is supposedly have made like a hundred million dollars from the people who are in the game, in the game currently paying for currency, right? Like that's, part of the monetization of the game after its launch is making that money. Um, and I just thought it was interesting that they, they that anyone even put that out there. Uh, I think it was um, Superdata or NPD, someone um, that was thinking about it. 
and they put that out there. So I thought it was interesting um, thinking about microtransactions in this new world just because a lot of the games that will be put on these services may not actually rely on them as much. They may be more like the Epic Game Store purchases, which would be, hey, just give us a large lump sum of money that guarantees we're not going to lose money on this, and then we'll continue to re revisit this deal or something down the line. Um, but one of the things we mentioned earlier was like the whether it's the Netflixification or the Spotification, um, which the difference between those being Netflix pays up front for either the publishing or actually pays for the development of a series uh, or a movie. And then Spotify actually just pays residuals based on user user action. So if people listen to you a ton, if you get 100 million listens, you get a nice check. If you get a thousand listens, you may not even want to worry about it. Uh, <laughs> do you all think that um, and it sounds like Apple is going for the more Spotify of however many times people play your game um, what do you all think about either one of those uh, those paths down do you which would which do you think that the industry should really pursue and what do you think would be the healthier version at the out after the after going down that route Daniel do you have any thoughts mm -hmm. What? <laughs> Sorry, I I think my uh, headset <laughs> did a little thing again. It's okay. not as bad as it was um as it was uh, a few weeks ago. Sorry. No, I was just saying you... for um, whether they use a model of Netflix paying for things up front or from Spotify paying for things as people use them. What do you think would be the better um, path forward for like actually paying for content on these services? I mean, like, I feel like the Netflix model is, unfortunately, like, we're starting to see more, despite Fox and Disney merging and all, we're getting a bunch of mega corporations, we're still getting a lot more services and a lot more options when it comes to um, entertainment content. And I think, like, People are like, even though Netflix is charging a lot more money to create more seasons of shows, they'll cancel after the second season. <laughs> um, they're going to have to start like being more competitive. So yeah. I think we're going to start seeing as soon as you know the Mandalorians come out and Disney Plus or whatever they're calling it brings out Star Wars. And you can pay $10 to see a Star War and then other Star Wars. Mm -hmm. That's the rest of the development line. Uh, I think it's going to be more of that kind of Netflix type model. Mm -hmm. But people might start chasing the bottom line. Hopefully soon. <laughs> if not, like, you you're going to see a lot more... You're going to see a lot more um, of, you know... Uh, I can't remember the name of that show. Cell 6 or something on Netflix. What was it about? A lot of cancelled shows. The point is, you're going to see a There's lot more cancelled show. shows. Yeah. <laughs> rather than, you know, a lot more new big hits on streaming services. Like, you're going to see fewer Star Trek discoveries and more... Survivor. Other... <laughs> What? No, <laughs> I would love. That's the thing. Survivor is already on CBS All Access, and they have uh, 
special bonus content on there. <laughs> so you not only can stream it live, you can watch it after and see extra bonus content. So like there that's something actually interesting that they can start doing like for even just basic cable. You can start seeing, you know, extras and bonuses or behind the scenes and make it more like the DVD or Blu-ray experience. Mm-hmm. Bring those things back. I used to love that stuff. Behind the scenes is always good. Um, with relation to games, do you think that it'll, do you think that Netflix model can still hold or do you think it's going to go towards uh, a time spent model? I, I don't know. I I think with the advent of more server farms and quicker internet speeds and the flyover states being left behind, I think we'll start to see more Netflix type <laughs> experiences with gaming like it seems inevitable rebecca do you think that uh netflix or spotify model whether it be upfront or time spent will be kind of the model that goes forward for branching into Uh, these services i honestly don't know i i hope it's something closer to time spent um because again like what i was saying earlier today like indies man like indies will get really my my big worry is that like services subscription (laughs) services like that um will you know end up with some sort of model that pays a shit ton of money to big titles to get them on the platform and then you know just kind of shits on indies or or doesn't like 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 kind of goes the way that steam did and that it doesn't promote them enough or it doesn't give them an opportunity to make an amount of money that would make it worth them being on that platform and that because you know if you're paying like 10 bucks a month for whatever this thing is um, and then indies are seeing just such a small portion of that, then I, I don't know. I just, I, I worry about the effect that that could have on small game developers and how it make it, it may make it more difficult for them to get discovered and get their games played. Um, it just, it just makes me nervous. I hope, I hope that there is enough money and enough love of video games to go around. Yeah, man. Trying to hit that 2 billion, trying to hit those 2 billion people as, as 2 billion people. Though I don't understand, I does, do they just exclude like the other five billion people on the planet? Are they just people who can't access the internet? Is that what that is? I don't know. I gotta that look up cool. where they got that two billion number from. Um, it's, I think it's I think it's people who use Google Chrome. I would assume. No, that's a um, Microsoft pretty... number that they tout. So like, uh, oh. Phil Spencer says he's like, oh, we think that we can reach two billion people with XCloud. Is like what they're. Oh, I thought I thought Google had a similar number. Did they not have, put up a similar number they during their presentation well, I mean, for Stadium? I was going to say this is the company that said they wanted a billion Xbox One players. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I, like I don't. They, I don't know they have a good anyway, sense to overinflate their numbers unless you want to see them. I anyway. Re- regardless, that that's kind of besides the point. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Rebecca, <laughs> didn't mean to interrupt. Um, but no, I, I just, I was mostly just like curious where that number, where the, the, where the numbers were coming from in terms of like trying to reach all the love of the game is all around the world. And it's like, they're claiming like 2 billion, 2 billion people or, or whatnot. And I, I just have to assume that the other 5 billion either are either children or don't have access to the internet. Um, 
There's only allowed to be two billion. That's it. <laughs> In the that's end, the limit. <laughs> Microsoft is actually giving the way of the plans of the secret meetings that they're holding in on. They're actually planning for the rest of the world to be reduced to two billion people. That's what's happening. Um, welcome to the Conspiracy Theory Podcast. Um, <laughs> we here also believe in the flat Earth. Uh, by the way, uh, as we close this out, did y'all read about that they're having a flat Earth mission to go to? No, but I want to watch Pole? the documentary. I need to do that. I, no, I didn't read anything this week. I know you. Oh. Didn't. So I, I'm going to put the link in here. Um, they're going to Antarctica. So flat Earthers, Antarctica. Um, they're running an expedition because if you, if you don't remember, I mean, telling you all this and another thing, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the flat earthers are now on the way to trying to prove their theory that the flat earth is actually endless and beyond Antarctica, there is more. So they're running their an, an Antarctica expedition to try to find the edge. Where do they get the, the money for these things? These I people, they crowd people on the internet talking about them. <laughs> the Jake Logan Paul is a flat earther, and he is now inspiring a generation of young people to become flat earthers. Thank you, America. I congratulate all of your accomplishments. Thank you, YouTube, for everything you've ever done for us. You know, it's everything you've ever done for us is great. But yes, uh, Flat Earth Expedition. Um, just click on the link. Check it out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Journey to the Edge of the Earth. Woo. Documentary called The Flat Earth to the Edge and Back. Anyway, um, that is all that we have for today. <laughs> Rebecca Valentine, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Duck Valentine. You can find my work at GamesIndustry.biz. And Daniel George, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at it's Daniel George. You can find my writing at apptrigger.com and also at survivingtribal.com forever and ever and ever, ever, <laughs> Amen. ever. <laughs> and uh, go ahead with yours, uh, Eric Chrisman. Where can the people find you? Uh, Twitter, real EDC30, uh, Twitch, uh, Erad, yeah, Erad thirty. Uh, I have certain <laughs> 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 Twitch. I don't know, <laughs> but um, but yeah, Twitch at Erad thirty. Uh, I have started streaming again, mostly retro stuff. Um, I am doing the uh, basically an HD Genesis in this week, so hopefully I'll be able to stream some old school Sega games. Uh, so look forward to that, hopefully, and then catch my writings at apptrigger.com and fansided.com. All right, and you can find me at GOTMAB21 on Twitter. That's GotMap21. You can find the show at ScreenLickerPod on Twitter. You can find the show across all of your favorite podcast services. Um, and with all of that being said, I leave you all with this. From the boss in Metal Gear Solid 3, I raised you and loved you. I've given you weapons, taught you techniques, endowed you with knowledge. There's nothing more for me to give you. All that's left for you is to take my life. You all have a wonderful rest of the evening. Jeez. <laughs> These are the games you love, Daniel. Big yikes. <laughs>